0: welcome to the rpg podcast and we are live oh god presented by sheep a time wheel production here we are ladies and gentlemen we are here back uh, another episode of the Robert Patton Global Podcast. I'm here with Michael Angelo Zervos. He's a world traveler. Uh, to be. Yeah, to, to be. Be. Not film, quite.
1: Filmmaker. Filmmaker, yeah. Yeah. I'll take that claim.
0: Yeah, and you've worked with some big names. I was reading in your bio that's like Denzel Washington. and yeah. who uh, is.
1: Boys and Girls Club of America, that's right oh okay that's yeah. what you were shooting so yeah he was uh he's he's like the spokesperson for now 20 years he was a boys and girls club member way back in the day and he attributes a lot of the success to it so during the pandemic we we shot a like a piece basically was they were in dire straits a lot of money was going on i mean they lost a lot of money nobody had money to give right so it was a fundraising thing and we okay. shot something with them
0: how fun! It's great to work with them. What is that? Boys and Girls Club. What do they do? Oh,
1: uh, Boys and Girls Club. They are like a, they're a five hundred one c three nonprofit for um, inner city youth. Typically, mm-hmm. um, so it gives them better opportunities, scholarships, uh, different resources. Um, they're awesome.
0: But you're out of Dallas. I am, but they're national. Okay. Yeah, they're all over the place. Yeah, yeah. And so, did you have to fly to L A. or anything to do that?
1: No. Th- well, it's funny, funny experience. It was actually like. It was a, a series of like remote things that we did because he was in isolation. Uh-huh. Yeah, so it was one of the first times I'd ever done something like that, like a, a remotely directing somebody. Yeah, but the guy's a he's a professional. What he's else good. have you done? Like film-wise? Oh man, um so I've been in the film industry for uh, a dozen years now. Um, so I've done horror films, documentaries, musicals, uh, family dramas. Um, let's see. Uh, recently, I've been working with a lot of athletes um, like uh, Javier Hernandez, Chicharito. He's a, a Mexican footballer. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns, uh, basketball player. Um, M- Micah Parsons, Trayvon Diggs, Dallas Cowboys. Um, I work with a lot of people who are in gaming like Tim the Tap Man and um, Ninja. Ninja. Ninja, yeah. yeah just recently here so you're like filming them while they're doing their thing sometimes we're shooting actual narratives like we shot with tim we actually shot like kind of a i don't know an action thriller piece with him yeah there's like a stunt cars and stuff like that that's funny we
0: we just shot this short film where it was me and my son who i don't i don't have a son yeah but steven plays my son and he's like way bigger than me and he's like fixing himself up in the bathroom and I walk through and I see that he's not wearing sheath underwear yeah, yeah. and then I, it's so horrible and cringy. No, I watched it. Yeah. I watched it. Yeah. Well, but, and I felt like I was in the zone and my acting kind of, <laughs> but I, in looking back, I'm like, geez, if I'm going to do another one, I'm going to like literally take acting classes because it's just, it's hard to watch.
1: Well, Bobby, I like, I, I work with actors all the time, but I have when I'm on camera, I'm often self-conscious because I can't see myself and therefore I can't direct myself. Yeah. So I'm just like I am who I am, right? Yeah. There's not not like a necessarily a second take and if somebody let's say, you know, isn't a professional and they aren't able to guide me cuz I, I I think I could take direction pretty well. I give direction. Yeah. Um I'm just not good at acting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a it's a skill that I mean, it, it really is a talent. It really is. Yeah.
0: So I'm watching um, in Idris Elba uh-huh. on The Office, and he's... I mean, just like the facial expressions, I'm like, that looks so natural and, and cool. And like, I feel like when I'm doing it, you can tell I'm trying. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So... But I guarantee he uh, he rehearsed that over and over again. He has, his, you know, his staple looks, right? Yeah. Like badass looks, surprise. Like, look. I'm, I'm sure he has like that well of things to pull from. Yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's more of for fun. You know, yeah. obviously we're running this company. Sure. And I do it with my podcast yeah. and I don't need to be acting, but it's more, we're just having a good time. Yeah. Yeah. But okay. So having a good time. You are, I, I you're about to go on a world tour like uh, you're trying to break the Guinness world record yeah. for the most countries visited in the shortest period of time. And that's
1: right. Yeah. And w- why, why are you doing that? <laughs> um, well, the, I don't know. No, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, 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 actually, I have no idea. Um, <laughs> you stumped me. I, uh, it, the, the project came about, um, during the pandemic. I was, I was really at my lowest, lowest point. Yeah. I saw, I saw yeah. that. Um, and I was, um, I was in an awful place. I, um, you know, I I was I was producing a project uh, about a a rather famous musician, and we were we had commitments from rather well-known financiers to get this done, and then the pandemic hit, and we lost all of it. And I was sitting to myself. I'm like, again, like, what is my use as a filmmaker? This highly specialized, like ultra refined art that is extremely expensive nobody's spending money on it we're completely shut down i'm not a doctor i'm not a politician i'm not like i'm not changing the i can't do anything right now yeah right yeah and and i believe in the the power of stories but if i can't express myself through my medium it's like you you, i become mute right you strip my voice away from me yeah so i thought to myself my god my my identity is bound up in this this profession Mm mm-hmm Ever since I was young, ever since I was telling people I want to be in movies, and they'd be like, "Oh, that—that's the guy that's going to be a director. That's the guy that's going to be a director." And that, like, that's the first thing that people ask about, right? That is your identity.
0: <laughs> I'm the underwear guy, but
1: yeah, yeah. yeah but so, so like, you—if if suddenly that's stripped away from you, suddenly you know, like, who are you? Who am I? Right. <laughs> um, totally. So, I realized after hitting rock bottom and and really in 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 the darkest place of my life that that I, I'm not a, a what, I'm not just a director. I'm, I, I'm Michael, I can be many things. And, and if you take a step back, I'm able to tell stories in a lot of different ways. So I've always been a traveler. I love um, challenging myself. I love the culture shock. That's kind of the selfish part about this whole trip is that what I'm getting from it is I'm able to challenge myself and push myself to the, to the limit. And I've always done that in, in, in sports and in, in, in kind of like intellectual life and philosophy. Um, and, and I think that this was just the natural progression of taking something that I love, which is travel and culture shock and experiencing new places and people and food and history and art and culture, and then combining that with the, the thrill of actually breaking a record but it wasn't just you know it isn't just that there's actually the 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 world happiness part which yes
0: yeah i saw that cuz you you were in like the depths of despair yeah. and then i see your ch- like i wrote down chasing happiness yeah. and i mean how do you feel like your trip is going to help other
1: people in their happiness well i guarantee nothing i I am interested in finding stories about people who have experienced the happiest moment of their life. And in so doing, I'm hoping that I can remind other people who are experiencing or or maybe now or in the future will experience a, a difficult time like me, reminding them that life is incredible and beautiful and it's worth living. And sometimes it's really hard to have that perspective when you are at the bottom, when you are in the depths and the darkness. And when you're in depression, you kind of feel like you're you're in like a glass box, right? Like nothing gets through. You can see out, but you can't feel anything. There's no human interaction allowed. The empathy is just cut. It's just everything is just flatlined, apathetic. You want to reach out. You want to have connection and you can't. And I'm hoping maybe by providing stories from across the world, from people, rich, poor, politically, whatever, doesn't matter what sex, race, religion, creed, that there are perhaps unifying aspects of humanity and it's our desire and our hope and our appeal to happiness and that you can have it whomever, wherever you are. Happiness? Yeah. Yeah, I re- I
0: was watching something, reading something, and and it was like... The decisions you make now are setting yourself up for future happiness i mean so you're not just going to necessarily be happy all the time but you can set yourself up to be in a position where you're more likely yeah to experience the happiness by you know if you make a bunch of poor decisions and you wind yourself up in jail or something you're going to be less happy but if you set yourself up where you pick the right partner you pick the right profession and work hard and you have discipline Jocko willing said you know discipline equals freedom i think he said that and freedom could be a part of happiness you know the freedom to just be yourself were you it like alone during the pandemic did you have family or or
1: um I was kind of stuck, for lack of a better word, in Atlanta, which, which is, mm-hmm. I, I moved, I was living in Dallas, and I moved to Atlanta to get back to making feature films. Yeah, they have actually, a big industry there. Yeah, 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 the biggest in the, I mean, they're shooting more there than anywhere else in, in North America. Okay. Yeah, they have a very, very generous tax incentive there. Nice. Um, and it's been there for a while, but um, yeah, so I, I moved there, and it was really at the worst possible time, like right before the pandemic yeah um and so i knew a lot of people there but nobody wanted to come out no one wanted to go out right i mean a lot of the people i knew there were filmmakers and they're like if i get this my project's going to be done i'm going to get in trouble and there was there was this really um I don't know if you experienced it over here, but like this stigma of if you got it, you were being irresponsible. Yeah. Even, even, even though I know like some of the, the safe, quote, safest people that were like in their home or doing like wearing masks all the time, they're still getting it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I knew people out there. There were some people who were willing to, you know, hang out and, and, but I spent a lot of time by myself and a lot of time in contemplation, a lot of time thinking. And and that can be good, but it can also. Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: too much could be bad. Yeah. We, it was weird, cause I didn't get it for like a year and a half. Yeah, And I was like, I must be immune to it. <laughs> and then my wife got it finally. Yeah, And then I was sleeping with her for three days before we knew what it was. Sure. And so I was like, well, I guess if I'm gonna get it, I'm gonna get it. So I just yeah. kept sleeping next to her and I never, I didn't get it, she got better. But then about like six months later, I had my team fly in uh, for a film shoot we were doing at the Colorado Springs Switchbacks soccer football stadium. Yeah, yeah. And super cool, but one of them had COVID and we didn't know, we didn't know. He was just like, he was feeling tired. We was kind of under the weather. We did the the shoot and it, it went really well, but I was exposed and then we took him to the airport and I still didn't know anything. Like it just didn't register. Like he had COVID. Yeah. I go out. I drove to Vail to uh, fight. Uh, it was like LFA Legacy Fighting Alliance. Yeah, yeah. And I, I took my. Uh, I took a, a group of people because we sponsor the event and they give us like these front row seats and I'm, I get to take eight people. And I every time they come to Colorado, I take a group with me. We decided to get an Airbnb. We stayed the like stayed the night there, but I did not sleep. I cannot sleep. In general, I have a hard time sleeping, but out, away from home, you know, with a group, whatever, I didn't sleep the whole night. So I got up, I was like awake at 6 a.m. I decided to leave and I'm driving back here. And as I'm driving back, I'm like, oh, oh. it was just like, like I had a really bad hangover. Yeah. And I called my wife and I told her and I got home and I, but. The thing it, that I think happened was just no sleep, nah. you know, like, cause your immune system should fight these things off Sure. and typically it does, but it caught me in a vulnerable moment and I, and I had Ivermectin bleep that out maybe yeah. just kidding. But, uh, I hadn't, I had stopped taking it because I don't know how much you've looked into that at all. Have you looked into Ivermectin? Or, a little bit. Yeah. I mean, it's just, so it's like a, uh, protophylactic, so it's just like a preventative. Sure. And I was taking it every week for six months. And then I, but I just got complacent. I was like, yeah, it's over, the COVID's over. And so I stopped and then that whole whirlwind, and it was, it sucked. It was, it was bad for you. It was yeah. pretty, it was like that hangover feeling like, uh, for a few days, yeah. like three days, I would, I was, I went out and like laid in the sun and I'm just like a <laughs> zombie, but now i I was <clears throat> you know there's like a new strain coming back, yeah,, and, that's what I'm hearing. yeah, and we know someone that got it, and- sh- I was exposed to her, and I've been testing myself, and I'm good but and she's already fine, but I think it just boils down to like how well you take care of yourself yeah. and and getting good rest, no, like try to keep stress to a minimum, yeah, which I'm. I feel like I'm a walking ball of stress sometimes. (laughs) So I'm always like, I'm meditating and yoga and workout and breathing and ice baths and fucking saunas. And I'm just trying to like quell any kind of stress. That should counteract. It does. Yeah, right. Oh, it does. Yeah. Yeah. And I I did ice bath this morning and worked out. Oh, man. I love those. those Yeah. Yeah.
1: I do cryo for physical therapy for my shoulder man i feel it's like having like a shot of coffee or something yeah 100 like percent. oh my god i love it
0: i've been doing it every day for the past three months and yeah. i was doing it on and off for the past few years because we live here in the mountains and you can't tell but usually it, it it's all snow the yeah. whole ground is covered with snow and and my ice bath is like a block of ice sometimes <laughs> yeah i have to get like a sledgehammer and break it up and I, get, I would get in there nice yeah and when you're when you're like stressed out it's like i would rather be sitting in the ice than feeling this anxiety yeah so i'd get in there and it just like whisks it away
1: i mean it, it like it focuses your brain like you you almost yeah. get into like this fight or flight where you're not thinking of the, the the stress and the future and all that you're just thinking about the present it's like meditative totally yeah
0: <clears throat> yeah it's beautiful. And I meditate twice a day, nah, yeah. every, every day. This whole year, I've been doing that since January because I had gone to this transcendental meditation coach. Oh, really? Yeah. And it was great, but I was only doing it once a day. I was doing it for like 10 minutes. And I went back to him telling him it's not, not working or whatever. And yeah. he just kind of started laughing. You have to do it 20 minutes a day. I uh-huh. mean, maybe 15 minutes is fine, but twice a day and just anytime I'm feeling run down or stressed or like overwhelmed, I'll go and do it. And I, it's like a shot. That's like a shot of coffee. Yeah. So I'm just yeah. constantly getting these little boosts of, whatever endorphins and stuff
1: no when you do your meditation i I know some people who do do transcendental and they're they're actually doing something you know habitual while they're doing it. i mean they might they might be you know folding laundry Uh, or something like that it's like a a, like a walking meditation one of my favorite filmmakers david lynch he's a big proponent of of transcendental meditation i mean he, he he sponsors i think he he, like, he created a his foundation own. yeah he has, he has a funda- foundation exactly yeah, so I've been really interested in it um, I used to meditate um, I mean I, I took meditation classes in college and I took that into my filmmaking career and then somewhere in the middle of my career I, I stopped I think when I when I moved to New York which is probably when I needed it the most and I just stopped meditating mm. and because um, I'm, I'm not generally a stressful person but I stopped then and I don't know I, I'd like to get back to it Um I've always been told you shouldn't force it. It it needs to be part of your habit and you need to, I mean, you can start slowly and you can build into it, you know, like let's say one day a week and then two days a week. And that's kind of how I did it. five minutes, yeah, Yeah, sure. right. Yeah. And then you work up to more and more and more. Yeah. I and mean, I was doing like 20 to 25 minutes a day in the morning, um, like even if I was waking up very early to work out or if I was like going to film set or something and prepare me for the day. Yeah. Yeah. Um
0: yeah i do i I was doing it upwards to 40 minutes a session three times a day wow okay for a little while now i I feel like i'll tell i told my wife i'm like i meditated out i'm good yeah yeah now i'm doing like 15 minutes maybe 20 minutes it depends because it my life is up and down and so depending on what's going on i'll meditate
1: more or less See, Bobby, I think that we, like, we are in a world where it's tough to find quietude. Like, everything around us is begging, demanding, forcing our attention, yeah. right? <laughs> I mean, it's, it really, and I noticed myself doing this where I'm in, I'm in quiet and I want a podcast to be playing because uh-huh. I want to be multitasking. <laughs> yes. This is a, a, and the thing is, is like quiet and being alone with your thoughts is very good it it teaches you self-knowledge yes and if you're listening to other people and it's podcasts are great we're on one right now (laughs) i mean i listen to them all the time i love books on tape i love like audio lectures and all that sort of stuff but man it's like a habitual thing where if there's just 10 minutes i'm like should i turn it on i want to turn it on i might turn it on for like a minute
0: Dude, I was going up the stairs the other day and I didn't have my phone. Yeah. I'm like, I walked back down the stairs, got my phone, turned on a podcast so that I could
1: walk back upstairs. That's right. (laughs) You turn it on so you could keep on moving throughout the day. Yeah. And it feels like you're not being productive. Even if you're folding laundry, if you're doing something, some minutia, cleaning dishes or something like that, if you're not multitasking, um, I don't know. It's like these life hack people where they're like, life's a grind. You got to be extremely efficient. And a double-edged sword because how much do they really know themselves yeah you know how long can they really be by themselves and when the shit hits the fan and they experience tumult in their life suddenly they're like how do i handle this just white noise can you really do that yeah no. Are you really solving it is it just a band-aid
0: you gotta get get some eckhart tolle yeah put play press played he'll yeah. bring you back into the power <laughs> of the now there's so many life hacks and it is, it's just like a bombardment every, and every time I go to my phone to do something else, Uh I'll see a text from someone else and I'll have to respond to them. And then I forgot why I was going to check my phone in the first place. Yeah. Right. Then I'm going to go back. It's just like this, it is an external hard drive for our bodies and I, and I do appreciate it. I don't, I feel like I would be bored without it, but they were doing it for eternity Yeah.
1: to, 10 years ago we're just congi- conditioning ourselves like to be a part i mean i i i, I like what i've been reading studies over the past four or five years of how our attention span particularly with like gen z and the even millennials like me mm-hmm. our attention spans just diminishing and it's not like this isn't like an evolutionary thing it's just simply like it's a cultural thing and we are learning that like a longer attention span isn't being rewarded nearly as much, and we can receive dopamine at a much quicker hit. We see it under our entertainment. I'm a filmmaker, like there, for like you've got like two different philosophies here with filmmaking. It's like we got to make the cuts quicker, the action sequences quicker, and then you've got the the other side of things where it's like a three-hour movie or like 10 hours of binging a show. But you're also multitasking along the way.
0: Yeah, I'm checking right. my phone.
1: Yeah, while, yeah. yeah. While,
0: um, my wife is constantly wa- we'll, we'll be watching a movie and she's on her phone and I, I've gotten used to it because, uh, she'll do it even if she picked the movie. Uh-huh. But at first, I was like, you just don't like the movie that I picked or whatever. But she just and that's I hear that from other podcasters. Yeah, and their girlfriends are and they're like, it is just a it's um, comfort. Yeah, anytime. There's any anything you're like oh I'll just check my phone
1: <laughs> yeah a nervous tick or something I I went to a um a screening of the movie uh the the Blade Runner sequel and uh, the cinematographer was there uh, Roger Deakins incredible legendary cinematography he's about seventy years old and it was great to meet him and I got to ask him a question I asked how has social media been affecting filmmaking um, and I I told him the story about you know, I'm reading studies of how um, the attention spans of Gen Z are diminishing, and they are requiring less and less, like shorter and shorter content hits to to please them. And then, on the other hand, I was I told them a story that I read in like a Playboy article about uh, Stanley Kubrick way back when he would get uh, these football, like Super Bowl recordings on tape, and ship it from America overseas to London, where he lived. And he loved to watch the commercials because he used to say, the commercials are storytelling distilled into 30 or 60 second chunks. There's no fat, there's no waste. I mean, granted, this is coming from somebody who made 2001, which is a really long ass movie, right? And there's a lot of like, I love the movie, but Space it's- Odyssey. Yeah, Space Odyssey, yeah. long movie, um, Barry Lyndon, long movie, Eyes Wide Shut, long movie. But he said it, so I asked him this question and he's like, he's like, listen, Uh, I think he thought that um, that uh, that film is going to these like three hour movies are going to go the way of like opera where it's becoming a more and more of a niche audience that requires more of an artistic language, a specialized language that um, is going to exclude younger generations. So people like him who love you know, beautiful works of art that are going to be three hours long or two and a half hours long. It's going to be, it's going to like naturally weed out people who just can't handle it. It's going to yeah. be immediately a killer of their inclination to even go to the movies to watch a movie that long.
0: I had a, I had a thought recently about movies and because I love movies. Yeah. And I'll see uh, like an old movie, like Heat came on not too yeah, long ago. Yeah, actually, great one. Yeah. Long, a little long, yeah, but good. Sure. And I watched it because I, I just, it was, I have a short attention span also, but uh-huh. that that was just one of those throwbacks that I wanted to watch again. But what I was thinking was that if they, like, reproduce it and cut it into little fucking 30-minute chunks, mm-hmm. then I feel like I would be more willing to watch old movies again, mm. for whatever reason, because of the attention span thing. Yeah. Um, And Andrew Schultz is a comedian who kind of like took that idea and ran with it. And he would do, you know, like an hour special, but release it in 10-minute clips. Mm -hmm. And then you end up watching more than an hour. Yeah. Because you have the choice to whether you want to stay or go. There's some kind of weird psychological aspect to these shorter, you know, chunks of entertainment. But then you end end up binging like we're watching naked and afraid yeah and you know we watched like five hours of naked and afraid where i wouldn't commit myself to watching a, a, a five hour movie no or something like that. yeah right yeah. and it's
1: funny how that works right
0: yeah are you sir you're you're studying stuff you're talking about reading and yeah. what um you're you're studying kind of like how to keep people's attention and, and always like, yeah. yeah
1: we always have to do that i mean in film it film is different than social media in the sense that you've got a captive audience right you people pay to go see the movie and hopefully they're not on their phone while they're watching no, the movie right
0: it's still taboo I think. yeah
1: yeah i mean you I, i'm seeing some of that and I, I see articles sometimes like questioning whether the movie theater is still sacred in that way people pulling out movies and recording it and who knows? It's, but. For
0: the most part, it is. I mean, I've, I've been. We have a little movie theater here, and, and my wife pulls it out, and I'm like, giving it. I'm like, hey, yeah, chill, like, and she. But for the most part, nobody's pulling their phones out. Yet. Yeah, still, I think it's still oh, relatively man, sacred.
1: But I was, I was at the like Avatar, the Avatar two movie mm-hmm. recently, and there was like a kid and his girlfriend who got like, they set up, they pulled the, the 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 like the seats back and reclined, they pulled the armrest back, they put like a bed down, and they were just sitting there cuddling, and they had their phone out, they were talking, and Oh I the, my I, like, God. like. Halfway the movie, I'm just like, shut the fuck up. Okay, I, I swear to <laughs> yeah. my yeah, okay. I'm like, shut the fuck up. I look at them, and they didn't even know what to do. Like, they thought that this was, like, normal behavior. Yeah. And they were, like, really meek and cooperative after that, and they did not say a word after that. But I felt like I was pretty tolerant up at that point. It was halfway through the movie. So I guess it does happen sometimes.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're going to find yeah. outliers. But right. the, it's, so far, so good in our little theater here
1: right so what we were saying like the 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 difference between like film and, and social yes. it's like somebody pays to go see a movie and they want to get their money's worth so they're not going to like generally not going to walk out they're going to stick with it they're, they're going to watch it and you don't have to worry about constantly hooking them over and over again in the movie i mean you do want the flow and the pacing of the movie to be right you don't want your movie to be considered boring right and the drama to unfold in a particular way but um It's different than having, you know, Instagram where you can just continue to scroll and there's no commitment at all. You haven't paid anything. You haven't really committed a whole lot more than maybe like a minute of your time. You don't like it, you move on. You keep on going, 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 going. So in that world, we have to play this game where we're hooking every 10 or 15 seconds. And that's like, you know, what I've been doing now recently is kind of learning how social works and how we can take kind of transpose some of the storytelling in film to social and honestly it doesn't always work it doesn't often work um i'm seeing i hope i'm not cutting no no go on. my wife was watching on her phone
0: these shows that they're making for like facebook reels yeah 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 and she's like watching this drama unfold and she said it's so ridiculous the storyline the plot line yeah like the dude sleeping with his wife's sister and then like some guy comes back from the dead like a soap opera type show and they're in episodes yeah yeah
1: do you know how long each episode are no but
0: i think they're like five minutes yeah approximate like it was they're pretty quick and then she's been watching it on and off and i ended up seeing one it was in It was like a japanese or japanese asian some kind of culture over there like maybe korean one of those and it was somebody got kidnapped then they had to chase them down and then they found him and it was like this whole like breaking down the door Uh i'm surprised i'm remembering it because it was so quick but uh i was like okay i guess this is happening they're like trying to bring television onto your phone like tv shows or or whatever like movies right
1: but even in that case you know they if it's a five minute episode you have to keep people going at the five-minute mark. Like, you want to be able to create, in episodics, we have, let's say, ending on a cliffhanger or, or keeping people's interest throughout the entire series. So you're creating these very, very short arcs that kind of hit at the very end and you're left wanting more, just like you would yes. do in, like, a 30-minute episode. Yeah. But you just have to do it in a tighter sequence. Yeah. But since you're not paying for it, you need to make it so, like lurid and over the top and ridiculous I mean like something has to happen every one minute yeah like this guy's over here sleeping with this person suddenly some guy gets killed and then that guy's running out naked and fighting somebody I mean like it needs to be so unrealistic and like over the top and soapy yeah um and you're like what what have I watched
0: yeah it's trash yeah
1: yes um
0: so you're about to embark on this trip that's right the world <laughs> tour yeah i call, I keep calling it a world. Tour, yeah, that's right. But, uh, so are you going to, you're going to document it in a way, is it going to be a movie or are you going to just be doing it on social both?
1: You know, the, the, um, immediate temptation was some type of movie at the end, a documentary an episodic or whatever it is. That was kind of my, my initial thought. I'm just like, you know what? I'm so sick and tired of having to pitch this to other people. I want the power to be on my hands right here. I want to make exactly what I want to make. I want the creative to be in my hands and I don't want to have to worry about like other people telling me how to do this. I had just gotten out of the the rut of like losing financing for the last film. Mm -hmm. And trust me, like I've raised money for movies. It takes a lot of time. It's arduous. You have to bend backwards for people. You always have the final cut. So with this, I'm like, all right, this isn't going to be a film. I'm gonna take a step back and I'm gonna use social because in this case, I want this to maximize its reach and I want it to hit a younger audience who I know is suffering from depression a whole lot more in an outsourced way. Mm -hmm. And and I think I'm going to be able to, they're gonna access this material a lot easier if I just make it free, make it accessible and make it direct to their social medias. So I decided instead of shooting normal, you know, widescreen 16 by 9, HD, whatever that aspect ratio is that I might shoot for a film, I'm gonna flip it 9 by 16. I'm gonna shoot it vertically, which is typically sacrosanct, like it's terrible, <laughs> like it's, this is usually like heresy for a filmmaker. But um, a, a good story is a good story.
0: Yeah, yeah. And this is the new direction of media: is the the long form. I mean, like whatever you called it yeah, nine by 16 yeah so and i'm you know you see it more and more when you're watching a show and they'll like do a clip from someone's phone yeah and it's like okay i mean it's pretty normal at this point i think so yeah yeah yeah. so you know there's no reason to fight it um i'll be binge watching uh like let's see there was this one like it was a show about a podcast that they made about a murderer yeah and he like his confessions of a murderer or something like that and I it's
1: real like it's a real no okay
0: no that's what i that's what got me oh okay because i was like oh this is interesting it was like uh just a teledrama but at the end of every show they seem to figure out a way to like hook you yeah i gotta See what's going to happen next mm-hmm. because it's like a cliffhanger sure. and and everyone is familiar with that but i i love it and i hate it because it's like oh, i want to just be done and now i got to watch another show yeah yeah but it, as a filmmaker you know you ha- kind of have to probably be thinking about that each time you end something you know you want to have it to where they're going to want to come back for more yeah, I don't know. If you think about that.
1: I mean, uh, really, I mean, yes, all the time. If I, I I don't do a lot of TV, you know, episodics and stuff like that, I um like I I've done serialized stuff and in that case, yes. There there has to be a reason why you're coming back if you're making episodics, but um you know, with with this particular project, the way I see it, the way you got the the theme of this project is happiness. Yes. It's the heart and soul of it, if you will. And that's the thing that I'm hoping will outlast the, the record. The record will be broken two years, five years down the road, whatever it is, you know, however long it takes, somebody will come and break the record, just like I will break the previous person's record. But what will outlast this is the theme of happiness. Mm-hmm. But I think that the presentation has to be right too. And the way I'm presenting this is through this this plot, this thing that's driving us forward, like will he or will he not make mm-hmm. the record, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So you've got the race against time, but then you've also got the thing that will stick around, that will make it evergreen, which are is really that single question I'm asking everybody all over the world, which is what is the happiest moment of your life? Ooh, I like that. Yeah. That is the one question I'm asking. I'm not asking anything else. I'm not making it difficult for anyone. I'm not make, making it difficult for myself because remember there's a language barrier for 195 countries that I'm going to have, so that's it. And what you're going to see in the end is 195 different places times two because I'm interviewing two people per per place or more, selecting two people, and then you'll see that in my Instagram reel, in my TikTok reel, and like there'll be representation from each country, people answering that that story. Yeah. Um, and I hope that will outlast. You know. right. yeah, those moments uh, are well. You can't really
0: capture the moment. You're going to capture them telling Them you. telling the story. Yeah, yeah. which yeah. sometimes can bring you back to the, a moment of happiness. Yeah. and kind of like transcend to the audience, like the emotion. Yeah. Of, of that experience for them.
1: Oh yeah, Bobby. I like I auditioned several different questions when I was when I was trying to figure out what was what's the perfect one. It, it really had to be the way i saw it i'm like i can't ask something too philosophical because there might be a language barrier cultural barrier and the words that i'm translating might not fit correctly and it might be too esoteric and i want it to be accessible to people like what is the meaning of life right yeah yeah if i ask people like what is happiness right oh yeah on the other hand what makes you happy is going to give me like these really broad answers like family friends um like, uh, like money, uh, fulfillment, you know, whatever it is, my job, which you could just survey people for that. And they do a lot like, who does a lot of like surveys for people and like NATO has done world happiness surveys and they have all that information. I wanted to create, I want to turn people into storytellers themselves and make them reach inside themselves and, and, and think about this. And when I auditioned this question and I asked a couple of people the same question, I mean I got people some people were crying like they were they were talking like somebody was talking about their mother how it was the first time that she she was relieved of her arthritis like her arthritis she wasn't feeling pain anymore and she was experiencing it for 10 years and he's like this is what made me happy when I heard this the happiest moment in my life I couldn't I cannot think he's like this is better than money or like the women I've dated or the, any new job I'm like the woman that raised me like her her pains ceasing which was, you know, is great. Yeah, um, and, I felt that. Yeah, and there, there uh, I've gotten a lot of other answers, but they've all been like deeply personal, and you know, sometimes it's like my wedding day, or but they even describe the wedding day, and how it was unique, and the things that they remember. So even still, even if it's like a little bit more generic, so to speak, it's still personal to them, and that's yeah. what counts. Could be some kind of accomplishment. You yeah, know, like yeah.
0: If I was a UFC fighter and just won the, the title. The, yeah. yeah, exactly, that might be it. I try to visualize, um, you know, I do visualization and I don't do it as much as I should, but they say when you're trying to like visualize something you want to happen, you need to feel it, feel that happiness. And if you can go back to your happiest moment of your life and recreate that, just try to like remember what that felt like Mm. while you're imagining, you know, the million dollars in your bank account or whatever, The thing is that you want, um, I typically will imagine what it feels like to have just won a fight because they get, they're like, they're so like, they're so charged, you know, they just knocked some dude out and they were scared and they trained for six months just to, you know, fight and then they win and you know, it's all over and the relief and the happiness, Mm. it's just, you can see it. And I have all these images at my um, house on my vision boards of people winning a fight and they're just like, ah. yeah. Like, that, you know, I mean, when I held my daughter for the first time, that was pretty amazing. And I saw, I, f- I re- literally felt like light was shining down from mm. above, like a spotlight was on her. It was really um, powerful. Wow. But, it, I wasn't like oh. <laughs> you know it was yeah. like a, it was a happiness but it wasn't like this happiness w- mixed with like a super intense excitement also it was just like this piece of whatever
1: I think it's expressed in a lot of different ways mm. I mean like I, I you know not everybody's gonna express happiness the same way and and also there's I think there's nuances to like you know there there's words that we use that like maybe like joy joys joys to me is different in the sense that it's kind of like a longer lasting almost like a fulfillment you can't I don't think that somebody can like last in their life on a dopamine high happiness right we we, we aren't meant to experience that we are meant to pursue and work towards these goals yes which makes us happy yeah but I think joy is kind of what we get from fulfillment and while happiness is great uh, for me still like I think there's a world where you kind of need both. You need that fulfillment that gives you a sense of purpose. But then that experience of happiness when you accomplish something, when you when you strive towards that goal and you experience success. So you have like that compass, that 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 north star that gives you the you are in the groove, you're doing what you were made to do, let's say, and that gives you joy. Mhm. Um so maybe, you know, that experience when you had when you had your daughter like that doesn't no, that didn't have to be like this this like ecstasy experience that the fighter had. That's yeah. like it's a totally different like that's almost like that's like relief, elation. Thank goodness I didn't get knocked out too. Like I mean, like fear being like just draining away yeah. from me. It's so there's it's kinda it's complicated, right? It is
0: very complicated. now there probably was a little bit of mixture of fear yeah. being elated or whatever yeah. uh, or dissipated because I didn't know what to expect. It was like a, the relationship with her mom was not great. And i it was on my birthday, actually, my 23rd birthday. And she, I got the call, like she had the baby because we weren't together anymore. Uh. And um, I was like, well, I'm at work, and, but I went after work. And then like, just when I saw her, it was just like, oh, uh. so weird. But she I w- she just graduated college. She's twenty two and she started a new job yeah. at the Gaylord Marriott in Denver and she's like in this leadership program. Yeah. She's killing it. So proud of her. <laughs> um, because she could be working for Sheath, but she's kinda of taking her own path. Yeah. She's gonna get some real world experience before she comes and gets the Cush job. Sure. But she's having some ups and downs, you know, of like Her employees aren't listening to her. Mm. You're 22. You just got out of college. They've been working here for four years. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I'm not telling her that, but she knows. And she um, is learning how to manage that and go through that. But she's having these difficulties and it's stressful. And so, but she's normally like the happiest person. And so she's having like, she's going through real life. And I don't want her to lose that natural like just baseline of happiness yeah so i'm a little concerned for her i was thinking about her this morning and i was like i hope you're good or whatever but um you can't experience i don't know how true this
1: is the ups without the downs i think that that's absolutely true i i, I it's not just that you can't experience like you don't know the difference yeah how do you know i mean if we were constantly like happy like happy people like that was like our homeostasis without those dips i mean i think you kind of take for granted this this beautiful thing of experiencing you know a high Uh, on the other hand you know maybe ignorance like there is you know perhaps some truth to the ignorance is bliss thing too um you know there are some things that perhaps once the genie is open and you know things you want to know everything yeah like knowledge is kind of uh I don't know. It's a a, a bummer sometimes, but after you know a little bit, you just want to know everything and you know that you can't know everything. And that's even further depressing. But yeah, I I, I still think like if we're ever going to experience sadness, then, then we'll want to like for us to know what that is. We also need to know happiness.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's the life, the experience of, you know, life here in this, plane this dimension and if you didn't i mean if you never experienced any sadness then you're not probably living you're just completely oblivious because people are going to die you're going to get older somebody's going to get hurt or things aren't always going to go your way it's just like that's just not realistic
1: yeah usually like usually the the main character in like dystopian uh, 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 like books like The Giver or, um, I don't know, I'm, I'm trying to think of some other things where like um, oh, Brave New World where they like dope people up and they never experience sadness, right? Um, usually it's like a bad thing when they when when somebody dies and they can actually, can actually mourn. They're just like looking at, you know, the person and it's just like this lifeless husk. Um, and I remember, you know, usually in those books that there's like this turning point where either they... Uh, what is it? Soma in um, Brave New World, where they finally get—is that Aldous Huxley? Or Aldous is Huxley, yeah, okay. yeah, that's Aldous Huxley.
0: I thought I read that, but I thought that was like—I might be mixing it up with the book where he talks about they're taking like mushrooms and stuff sometimes, and then they encourage the younger generation to like experiment with sex and stuff. That's, like. that's it. That's oh, it. Oh, it. Yeah, is the same. yeah okay. that's it. Okay.
1: Yeah, but you know, generally, I think like. It's like the 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 lack of feeling the 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 comfortably numb the Pink Floyd comfortably numb thing that we're kind of meant to avoid. That feeling kind of makes us better, stronger, wiser, helps us like avoid mutual suffering, doing bad things to other people. Yeah, Um, you know. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You can't just walk around all like heroined out and right. Although it might be nice. Yeah. It's tempting sometimes. (laughs) Yeah and when you get like i did i went through a phase in college where i tried basically all the drugs that exist yeah i think the only one i didn't try was peyote i still haven't tried that
1: oh yeah but
0: um and i i you know i'm like maybe when i'm older i'll do that again when i'm in my 70s or something the hard stuff yeah but now i I do have a couple bucks and i have friends who are Dabbling with powders and potions and shit, and I'm like, I've been there. I'm 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 not at a place in my life where I feel like I could just indulge in that type of thing because I know where it can go, and it can just take the whole train off the tracks.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's the there's the um, you know, the actual like adventure trip experience opening up Pandora's box that can happen when you're using even like what I think is like medicinal drugs of that nature, you know, LSD, ketamine, Mm -hmm. mushrooms, and all that, right? And then on the other side, you've got the stigma behind it. Like you as a business owner, you might not give a shit, right? You might be like, I don't care if I'm blacklisted or blackballed by this, that, and the other person, right? But, you know, certain certain people who want to like be proponents of these certain things have to be very careful. Mm -hmm. Let's say they're working at a corporation or something and they want to like, Say loudly and proudly ketamine helped me with my my PTSD whatever it is coming back from a war or I, you know uh, this this horrible experience i had you know unless you have it prescribed and fda approved and all this stuff and fits in this nice little box you can't talk about it
0: you know? i recently did ketamine and i loved it yeah. yeah i some i had heard the night before someone we went to the psychedelic science conference in denver oh, a yeah. couple of weeks ago oh yeah yeah how was that it was amazing because i heard um aaron Rodgers talking with aubrey marcus who you might know aubrey marcus he was he owned on it which is uh, partially owned by joe rogan he's but he's like he used to do every episode sponsored by on it okay 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 not so well, he doesn't do every episode anymore but he's still part owner point is aubrey just sold it for a hundred million dollars and he's talking to aaron Rodgers, super bowl mvp molten two time and they're talking about ayahuasca and ketamine, and I've done ayahuasca. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a great experience, but I not because I had a bad trip. I literally didn't trip at all. I just threw up.
1: A yeah, lot. <laughs> that's like yeah. You get all the, the the cons without the benefit, right? Yeah, it was well, that sucks. It yeah. was so
0: bad. And um, but during the their discussion, which they've become like really close friends, huh. and Aaron Rodgers kind of. he told his story about how he had gone and done ayahuasca and this two seasons after that is where he won the super bowl mvp two Mm. years in a row so that kind of gives some validation like that this isn't a drug that's going to like bring you down yeah it might not get you to the mvp of the super bowl but it did for him and he didn't tell the story until after he had won the two super Mm. bowl mvps because he didn't Want to give credit where credit wasn't due. Not that it deserved all the credit, sure. but it definitely didn't diminish his potential. Yeah. Um. So that was interesting hearing someone of that stature talking about that is it. really interesting. Yeah, yeah. And, and it was it,
1: beneficial to its case.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And then Aubrey was telling his story about he's done all the MAO, yeah, and yeah. DMTs, and all these things, and like to the point where it's like too much. And I think there is. <laughs> You know, like a, a limit, like, okay, dude, you're doing it like all the time, so it's, it must not really be healing you that much if you have to keep doing it over and over
1: again. Yeah, that that's an interesting... I was thinking about this, like, you know, in, in, in entertainment, in the film industry, we have kind of like escapism films, like Marvel movies, right? Mm-hmm. They're popcorn movies that really help you take you out of your problems, make you feel bigger than you are, better than you are, you know? Just my shirt. Yeah, yeah, Superman. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love, I love um, superheroes. But there's also like uh, you know those those sorts of like movies that that makes you just feel good. You walk out right, and then there's other movies where it's like it's not going to make you feel good, but it like good art. It will challenge you the way you think, the way you act. It'll that's my okay. Yeah. Um, likewise, I think with with drugs, you've got the ability to use it as escapism, mm-hmm. like. You know, MDMA can both help people with anxiety, PTSD, and they have clinical trials they're working on. Like, there's a lot of promise there. Mm-hmm. Um, I know somebody that's actually working with soldiers right now and doing um, controlled doses of ketamine and um, an MDMA and um, and mushrooms. Nice. Um, uh, along with art therapy. Um, really cool. Ooh, yeah. She's cool. a veteran of, I think, six, seven years. And... Um, and, uh, yeah, she did, um, and it's, it's really cool what she does. And, um, anyways, so she does that and she's partnered with, uh, a, a, a college that's actually legitimizing it and providing like safe drugs and administering this to soldiers. And it's extremely effective, like, like 30 or 40% more effective than just going through like cognitive behavioral therapy, psychoanalyst, uh, psychoanalysis, meditation. Now they're doing that in tandem with it. But they're using other things to break through, to, to, to unlock things, to kind of reshift neurons within the brain. And so you've got that, right? But that always – that that's like you can also go the escapist route where you're using it day by day by day and you're losing grasp of reality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're, it's becoming – that's when the drugs – own you rather than you owning the medicine you yeah. using the tool the way responsibly right, right? with intention yeah with int- exactly yeah. with attention um
0: somebody I, I brought this repetitive use of psychedelics issue up with multiple people yeah and um because but but a funny analogy that was re- i responded i got the response like yeah. well Cause I say if it works how come you have to keep doing it and mm. then he was like well brushing your teeth works
1: yes the 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 medical r- routine like the maintenance right yeah I mean, maintenance
0: and i could see and it clay and registered um it's just like how frequent are you needing to do it if it's every weekend that's probably problematic
1: if it, but brushing your teeth does not put you in a vegetative state like dmt does yeah, right no. or like a k-hole like ketamine yes I think that that's a false analogy. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I, I thought it was funny. Yeah, have
0: you? So you've done ketamine then, or can I, you talk about that?
1: I, um, well, seeing as though this will be released uh, after I leave my employer, I could probably talk about uh, some of my experiences. Yeah, um, but I have yes, ketamine. I, I have experienced that, and and I ketamine and, and mushrooms were particular. Mushrooms were one of the reason why I was able to get out of um, the like the deep dark. Re- pit of of a suicidal depression that i was in wow like i had a a moment that i don't think is very common for people this sort of like hallelujah epiphany moment yes tell me um it was actually i haven't told this story like publicly there's some people that know this this like that this happened some close friends right but you know i was i was at a point i was like so low i you know i'm a i own multiple guns i sometimes i sleep i actually slept with a gun under my bed i was i was never more aware that i was sleeping under a gun under a a gun than when i was depressed wow yeah it was that bad right and this was like february i remember like um 2021 and there was something that happened you know i decided to 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 take some medicine and to have like this extenuating trip going with somebody else I was I was seeing at the time to a Michelangelo exhibit uh. it was like a Sistine Chapel exhibit where you could see the chapel um, instead of being you know uh, 20 or 30 feet above you like you would normally see in the Sistine Chapel you would see it much lower so you could see all the images in high res up close and when I went in there I started to feel this oppressive feeling of like utter um failing like failure like this guy has my name right Michelangelo I wasn't named after him but you know he's more famous than I'll ever be and he had he did this incredible work uh by the age of 30 and here I am roughly around the same age what have I done mm-hmm. it made me feel like I you know I, I had this problem where I'm comparing myself to this great artist and that can be poisonous to yeah. you know to your mentality and then the girl I was seeing at the time, she's having this, this, ex- ex- like this exact opposite experience. She's crying and saying, "This is incredible. This is staggering. This is so beautiful." And I'm weeping because I'm so depressed. Yeah, we're opposite ends of the spectrum. I beg to leave this place, and I'm sitting outside of the, the exhibit, and I'm like, "I want to go home. I want to go home. This is a bad experience." And she's like, all right, we're going to walk home. And I'm like, we are five miles away in Atlanta. We're going to have to walk cross highways. Atlanta's not a walking city mm-hmm. at all. Yeah, it could be dangerous. <laughs> it could be dangerous, right? So she's like, no. She took my phone away while I was ordering a lift. She actually took it away, and she's like, trust me, we're going to walk this thing. So I walked five miles through the weirdest odyssey that i've ever experienced in my life great word tripping out you know <laughs> yeah. on, on a heroic dose of mushrooms and reliving experiences of the last 10 years of my life um and i finally we finally got to this point in which at the very end that they, they um uh, atlanta near atlantic station in atlanta they had this sort of arc de triumph monument and we got there as soon as the sun was setting. And I saw one of the most staggeringly beautiful sunsets. So beautiful, I just started to tear up. It was, it was, it, it was almost like a scripted. And we, there were some other experiences we had along the way. But I lay down at the end of the night. And I woke up the following day. And these stones that I normally have on my chest, like this weight yeah. that I'd have oh. all the time, mm-hmm. all the time it was it was all gone nice it was all gone for the first time in years so that's kind of my story of how i i like to say that it, it it helped me i was i kind of realized along the way that my problems were so insignificant this 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 idea of comparing myself to other people and 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 thinking that i was just i'm just the director like that's my value mm-hmm. it all just kind of dissipated faded away all right.
0: yeah no you have good you have value and just being around you meeting you today you have a good energy you're yeah. very like positive and i thank you very surprised because you texted me at 3:40 this morning mm-hmm. my time yeah and you're like planes on schedule yeah, we will yeah. be there on time and so you've been up for a long time yeah and you Flew into the wrong airport, <laughs> so
1: then had to drive two miles, and then I had to drive. That to, doesn't like, bode well if I'm traveling all over the world, does it? You, well,
0: yeah. If you had a bet, what do you mean? If you had no, like, no,
1: like the the trip I'm coming up with. Like I got to get my flights right, right? Yes, yeah.
0: Yeah, I was thinking yeah. that. That was my <laughs> wife said that too. She was like, yeah. "Well, he should have known to come, hmm. but I should have checked." Yeah, but you know, with all those many hours of traveling and then you mm. went to the wrong location which was my fault and then yeah. now you're here and you were just like bright-eyed and smiling and so there's something i, I appreciate it. i mean i appreciate that anyways yeah, yeah. so because you know people give off an energy uh, sometimes and you can it can be negative or positive my
1: point is yeah. it's all been positive well good yeah good, yeah so it's all a small thing. You know, it, I, I like to say if you've been in the film industry. You've seen so much worse shit. You know, I, I mean, you, you've served Iraq. Like you probably seen a whole lot more. Oh yeah. You know, it's like how do, I don't know, how do uh, y- y- maybe you have a sense of proportionality where like something happens. You're like, I've seen worse, you know?
0: Yes, absolutely. I just thought of the movie. Um, fuck. Uh, okay. It has been stiller. Yeah. And in then in the other dude uh he played iron man but he was like oh is it like face. walter
1: Mitty? oh oh it's um thunder um yeah. what is it? chocolate what? thunder Cho- well chocolate yeah. thunder is isn't that its character but the name of it is tropic thunder tropic, thunder. tropic <laughs> chocolate <laughs> thunder that's like yeah that's like a wrestler's name like oh a like an early wwf wrestler my
0: point in bringing that up is yeah. the in, in the movie ben stiller he had like his hands blown off yeah and when you said you probably seen more worse stuff in Iraq, it, that's nothing compared to what I've saw, but it yeah. was like their whole body yeah. was just like blown up, blown into pieces. So in proportion to that and their experience, my life, I mean, you know, it's, is it, a dream or, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, like a fairy tale in comparison. I, I can't, I, I can't even imagine. Yeah so yeah. i it's all yeah it's all relative to it's, it's all in our fucking mind mm. a lot of times i mean you might literally be going through hell and like actually living a very like stressful life but for me everything's great but i can find something wrong you know and I, and it's like my mind all, always goes in that direction there's a Kanye West lyric Um mm. it's like I always find something wrong um, you've been putting up with, it's with my shit just way too long but I'm so gifted at finding what I don't like the most mm. I think it's time for us to have a toast blah 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 I forget the name of the song but it's a really good song but it's like our, we're always searching for something to fix maybe mm-hmm. and you can just find problems and no matter how perfect your life might seem yeah
1: yeah and there are some people that that dwell in this experience of constantly well you're saying negative energy but it's like they're they're they find things to complain about they're like picking at scabs that are trying to heal mm. and it just it, it never will it never will they 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 can't get under the surface and realize what ails them to begin with and that this is just turns out it's just like a mindset thing and and really in the long run it's like you can you can look at these things and you can say to yourself, oh, yeah, well, it's just to, to, to improve myself to get better you know you're like I'm I'm my own worst critic. Well, that can be true, but um, if you dwell in that, you're never going to actually find you're never gonna have like this compass of like what is actually good, what is goodness, what is light, what is actually what should I be striving towards rather than just tearing myself down all the time mm-hmm.
0: Yeah and that I mean people say that like Joe Rogan, i'm my own worst critic which is why i'm so good but i find that i mean i'm similar and a lot of us are very similar i sometimes it takes taking mushrooms for me to like stop because i'm constantly working or thinking about work Mm. and i'm like okay so this is my time to appreciate life and i don't always think of it exactly that way but it turns out to be that way because i'm obviously not working because i'm Tripping, and a lot of thoughts will occur. And one of my more favorite trips not too long ago was where I just like realized how far we had come because mm-hmm. I hadn't even taken a second to look up from 2013, and now you know we've grown exponentially. And I'm married. My daughter's doing well. My everyone's healthy. Yeah, and yeah. I have employees and. And it's still growing and people respect me and stuff and think I'm important sometimes. (laughs) It's kind of funny. Like that's one of the most important things about running Sheath is the respect I get from my peers. Like they, they, it just comes with being quasi successful. People are gonna think you're smarter than you are or something. And And I like over the money I would, I would hate to give that up like because sometimes people want to buy sheath and you know and like we have these investment whatever firms and they reach out to me and propose buying sheath and I'm like what would I do then yeah I don't I like my job and my st- status now if it all went away woo. yeah then what do you do yeah and then I, ha- I have like qualities I'm a hard worker I can get a job and I can make it happen I can Adjust, but it would
1: it would be tough. It would be like a yeah, kick in the. Of gut. course, it would be a blow. Yeah. yeah, I mean you've you've made this. Yeah, you made this. It's 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 very hard to create. It's it's easy to destroy. It's easy to tear down. Um, and and I think people who have created, find other people who can create and they have that mutual respect. Mm-hmm. I think you, you've, you've earned that from creating a business wholesale from scratch. And that's that's something that, you know, maybe somebody can take away, maybe the economy can take away, but I mean, you've accomplished something that most people are either too afraid to do or or they can't do, or they, they you know, they, they don't choose to. Well, you,
0: a lot of people are too smart. Well, there's also that. Yeah. Well, but in in the sense that they end up like talking themselves through all the problems that can occur, so they end up talking themselves out of
1: it. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. true. And that, I, yeah, I I I actually I say this a lot. And if I had known all the shit that I had to go through to get to where I am, I wouldn't have started in the movie industry. Yeah, it took a certain amount of naivety and stupidity for me to be able to do this. And honestly, I'm borrowing a little bit of that on this trip. You know, on on Cosmos, I'm like. I don't know everything i'm going to get myself into i'm i'm pulling in experts i'm pulling in people who are taking me into pakistan and afghanistan and libya and some of these other countries that have travel travel advisory warnings right but but like i'm still going into places where you know there are certain places that could be hostile i mean there are always people in every country who might mean you harm so like it's that little razor's edge right there that i don't I don't know. You know, I don't know what's going to happen. It's exciting though. It's exciting. Yeah. It's exciting. And part of it's like, you don't want to go into it too stupid, but the other side of like, stupidity is the pejorative of naive, right? Um, and well, I wouldn't be a filmmaker if I wasn't naive way back when.
0: Yeah. And same. I was dumb enough to think that I could <laughs> do what I've done. Yeah. And I, you know, and I was like reading these books about success and the principles of success think and grow rich was a huge like cornerstone of of that knowledge and you know because i'm not unique in the sense that millions of people have done it before created Mm -hmm. successful businesses and there's a blueprint almost i mean I, i did maybe get lucky a little bit too but so there's a lot of work or forces at play but yeah right I, I'm just stuck to the principles and I continue to learn constantly learning from like Gary Vee, mm-hmm. which I think you were referring to him earlier when we were talking about just like go, go, go and mm. grind always. Yeah. He, he is part of that. Yeah. 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 So you need the balance of like meditation, but, or whatever it is you do to decompress. Mm. Do you have segue mm. someone you're meeting in, in each it's 195 countries.
1: Yeah, uh, 193 plus Palestine and Vatican City. Nice. Um, so, do I have somebody in everyone, uh, every country? No, I know people in about 50 countries, and then on top of that, um, you know, I've got guides in about 15. On top of that, and then the idea is, when I announce this publicly, I will be able to reach out to some low to mid middle like influencers mm-hmm. and they can act as kind of fixers for me and guide me around. Cause you know, they'll be on like on camera with me as I'm trying to break this record and they might get a little bit of, you know, of a boost and I might get, you know, a little bit of a tour around what they're doing. So that's kind of the idea. And then I'm also self-sufficient, though I can meet people. Yeah, but I don't have everybody. You know, I don't. I don't have somebody in every. Yeah, I,
0: that didn't. I mean, I, I did. I figured that was true before yeah. I answered the, asked the question. But I thought maybe, um, Palestine. Yeah, I don't think we've ever sold any underwear in Palestine. Uh huh. We have sold to the Vatican. Oh, city. no kidding. Yeah, we've had we had. I'm for sure one order. That's know. great. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, that's but I don't great. even know if you can mail anything to Palestine. Is that even does that exist? Well, you should. I
1: mean, you should be able to mail somebody to the West Bank, I imagine. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Palestine as a state, you know, that's contentious, but there is a physical place, you know, Uh, Gaza, you know, West Bank. So (laughs) I'm assuming I've addressed this. Yeah. Yeah. Just a random thought on
0: that note. Uh, Palestine,
1: Israel. What's the crazy? Vatican's a pretty crazy place to, to mail to. What's the, what's the, like, I don't know if I use the word exotic, but like surprising place you've mailed to.
0: Um, I mean, we get China and yeah. Russia. Yep. I don't I lot, like all the islands. Uh-huh. A lot of like Fiji and. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Like islands. Pacific Islands, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's like.
1: I didn't like even Sub-Saharan know. Like Sub Saharan Africa, you get anybody that orders from there? South Africa, but. South no. Africa, yeah, no, yeah.
0: I, that's a good question. No, I don't think we've sent to the, the Sahara. Or whatever. So, what is the like the Amazon of Africa?
1: Oh yeah, the, the well, you got the you have the Sahara, yeah, and the the Serengeti, and you've got um, the Nairobi, and yeah. We just had
0: a dude on Naked and Afraid. Yeah, and he when you got naked. Yeah, he was wearing sheath. Yeah. So we got like a little clip on. Oh, that's on, nice. That's on, pretty cool. Yeah. Naked and Afraid. We've been on a, like a lot of major kind of. Mostly podcasts and internet stuff, but on ES- we've been on ESPN a few times. And Naked and Afraid is pretty cool.
1: There was a gal who uh, broke this record previously, who they brought on to Naked and Afraid. Her name was Cassie Picot. I don't think she did very well. Um, I guess they figured that she would do well if she went to every country, but I, I don't think that. Yeah, she that doesn't made translate. It. Yeah, it, I don't think it did. But she broke the record like uh, back in like 2016 or something like that. And, uh, and so what's the record right now and how and what are you trying to do? Well, the record is the funny around 544 or 43 days. And the reason why I say this is because the person that claims to have broken the record is this Brazilian named Anderson Diaz. Thing is, he hasn't submitted his proof to Guinness Record yet. So until he does that, he hasn't broken the record. He's claimed to have, and he goes around saying he has. Well, and he's got like 1.3 million followers on instagram so even if he didn't break it i don't know if we'll ever discover that he did but um he there's a lot of evidence you need to submit like a lot there's a big paper trail you need a gps system like to get like different waypoints. you need law a log book you need a journal in every place you need to keep all the receipts yes there's a lot yeah previous to that there was a gal named taylor demenbron and she broke it in 500 and 54 days he claims to have broken in 543 so i I just need to break it by one day yeah so 542 542 yeah but i'm kind of coming down i'm going to try to break it a little earlier than that just to give me some buffer zone yeah if i get injured i get sick i'm a healthy guy i don't get injured often but you never know no you never know yeah that's
0: very exciting you're going to be
1: wearing sheath i will be in every country
0: on the planet that's pretty isn't that wild yeah Yeah. um how you were mentioning some of your other sponsors yeah like can you just name yeah yeah because it's so interesting
1: we've got um we've got moose jaw that's probably one of the other most well-known ones they're they used to be owned by um uh walmart now they're owned by dicks and they're a michigan brand and i'm from michigan so when i initially pitched them uh, i'm like hey i'm a michigan guy and i i've worn their stuff for years and years. So they're coming on as like clothing and um and footwear, um, which is awesome. And then we've got um Untamed Borders, which is like my uh they're an adventure tourism company. This guy, uh James Wilcox, he's uh been doing this now for ten years. He takes people pretty much everywhere throughout the world and into what you would consider dangerous. He calls inaccessible, right? He helps get them in safely, guides them around and gets them out. Right now I think he's in like the middle of, I think he's in like Turkmenistan right now um, for like 10 Every or 11 w- days. Everyone knows where yeah, Turkmenistan Exactly, is. right. The very common. <laughs> Turkmenistan. It's, Turkmenistan is actually, it's a very, it's not a t- very toured country. It's like, like west of Afghanistan, west and north north of Afghanistan, small sort of like Stan region, right? Yeah. Um, but apparently very beautiful, very mountainous, um, but also hard to get in. So he helps you get into a lot of these places, and he's, he's helping me get into countries like Somalia, uh, Libya, um, Sudan, once they stop their civil war. Um, right now he's not willing to take me in there, so cross my fingers things get better. Can you Um, just like dip your toe over the line? Technically, I could. But the thing is, because I want to interview people, I don't want to just do the gimmicky like, I'm there and no, I'm not. (laughs) Right? Um, I actually want to meet the people there. So right now, he's not willing to take me, which I appreciate because he's actually looking out right um but um That'd you know weird
0: though going to like a war-torn country and being like what is happiness
1: <laughs> well well listen i mean i'm going to yemen like uh, oh, but yeah. he's only letting me stay there for a day um like we're driving from muscat all the way westward to omen staying in a border town and coming back so it's just like, it's not, you know, a great place to stick around right yeah. now. Yeah. You're reminding me of
0: Dave Smith right now. Oh yeah. Cause he's always, you kind of look like him a little bit. Oh man. yeah. But it made me think of him when you said Yemen, he's
1: always, he, he does. Yeah. He does go on about the uh, Yemeni war. Yeah. yeah. That's like, um, who else? So we got Vibram. Uh, Vibram is oh, a yeah. shoe. Yeah. A five
0: finger toe. Yeah. Shoes. I got, they gave
1: me some of that and these really cool um They're like Japanese wrap shoes. They're going to be my airplane shoes. Really comfortable stuff. Okay. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Who else? I know I'm No. I, I'm I mean, the
0: one I was thinking of is like a banking institution or something like that or like
1: a credit card or debit I don't card. have one of those yet. Okay. I think, I don't know if this is too risky for them or, or what, but we're working on a couple other ones, um, like, a, like a backpack company and a couple of others. Um, you know, airlines is a little tricky because you're always taking different airlines. Yep um but um we'll work it out i mean like this trip is almost all financed now it's it's close to being financed
0: and when when does it
1: start again in january okay yeah so i've got some time and i haven't even announced it yet okay so i think we've got yeah a little bit
0: uh you don't mind if we release this like next week or anything
1: if it's possible after september 4th because that's when i'm going to announce it publicly yeah yeah good anytime after september 4th more than more than welcome to yeah Beautiful. otherwise otherwise my my current employer is going to be like what you're a drug addict yeah. well not only that but he's gonna, they're gonna be like is this
0: your resig? like you didn't tell us uh, so yeah. Uh, yeah yeah well it's so the circle back to we kind of been going where the wind yeah, blows, right. but i was mentioning like how i had taken ketamine uh-huh. and i loved it and um i not like to where i do it every you know it's not the, sure, that sure. type of drug it's like you i love to meditate mm-hmm and so if you can do that on ketamine it's like you get a pretty significant experience yeah Yeah. i was just going through a lot of mental turmoil when i took it and what gave me like the permission was that conversation with aaron Rodgers and aubrey marcus Uh and where aubrey he was he was like my new favorite concoction is a little bit of weed and ketamine yeah and he would just, you know, go into a state. And he, he, the story he said was, I had just interviewed Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Huh? And- Aaron Rodgers? He, no, Aubrey Marcus. Oh, Aubrey Marcus, his. He, okay. he has a podcast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, A.M.P. Aubrey Marcus podcast. And he had just interviewed RFK Jr. Yeah. And then he went home and did a session, whatever. <laughs> and he had this vision that if, uh, if RFK actually ran, aubrey would do everything in his power to help him on that course sure. and um he, he just had this vision like and you'll win if mm. if you run i'll help you you'll win and yeah he, yeah he like texted him and um and then the rfk was like
1: hey what does oh, rfk say after you like i had a drug-induced vision that he, you'll win and yeah, yeah.
0: He, the convers- he, he did respond with a funny retort but i don't remember exactly what it was but he was just like i I was just thinking of you also and when Ah, you messaged it was like um serendipitous and i'm gonna run and whatever but he's talking to a presidential candidate he's taking weed and ketamine he doesn't seem like he has any kind of mental Issues because he's so, he always seems like so happy, yeah, and blah blah blah. But he's doing this therapeutic probably doses jizz from time to time. I don't know how frequently, but I was I was wanting to do it. I smoke weed most a lot sometimes, yeah. But I w- wanted to try the ketamine, but it's it has like a like a stigma, like I don't know, it's not natural, yeah, you know. But he gave me the permission, I went home, I did it, uh, or the Airbnb, and um. Tried it once and the the message I got was like follow good vibrations, Mm -hmm. which was pretty basic, you know. But then I did it again and it was just like it was just like rewiring my entire brain and all the negative thoughts that I was having in rapid like a wave of reformatting. You remember Mm. you used to like defragment your computer? Yeah, 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 yeah. It just defragged and reprogrammed and gave me a positive spin on all the negative shit that I was thinking.
1: Yeah, it, it does. Yeah. I like, I, I often say, you know, like when you're walking on the beach or, um, I don't know, in snow or something like that. And you make these footprints and you're going like, let's say the snow has been there for a while. You tend to like step in those footprints over and over again because it's an easy path, right? Mm-hmm. Likewise, when you have these thoughts they're kind of habitual heuristics really they're they're called like they're they're the typical ways you you solve problems and they're they're shortcuts right often those shortcuts you do because they're the easiest path but they're not actually the most effective or the healthiest Mm -hmm. just like you walking through these these commonly treaded paths in the snow and ketamine is just like filling it all with snow all over again and finding a new way to travel and it might be a better way it might not be a better way but at least your experience is something new and different and um and it breaks you out of the same rigmarole yeah that because i get
0: in this like circular thought patterns where i'll be in a negative thought pattern i will shift out of it Uh. and then i'll be like hold on what was I thinking? That and I and I go back to the negative thought. Like I forgot. I, I was just thinking these negative thoughts. What was I thinking again? And I I'll remember the negative thought, and then it like it's like my brain wanted to think negatively. It's so weird. Yeah. So I'm trying to reprogram. Well, out of that, and it, and it, and I feel like I made drastic improvement recently because now. I, I try to just like, it's hard to control your thoughts, yeah. but I'm thinking negative. I go positive and I, and then my mind is like, but wait, what were you just thinking? And I'm like, no, 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 don't go back that direction. So you kind of have to like sh- stir, steer your brain and, and from thinking negative thoughts. And it's so easy. I think that's like the easiest thing to do is like, like you said, tear things down, yeah, talk shit and be negative. Um, it's more like, there's two sides to the coin. You can always see a positive side usually. And, um, and I, ch- and it's like a constant practice I've been doing some for 20 years now The think positive, the power yeah, of positive yeah, yeah. thinking. And I'd rather th- live in a, in a unrealistic, you know, um, frame of mind where I'm, very optimistic Mm. Then be realistic and, and you know, life is hard and all that type of shit.
1: Yeah. I, I vacillate. I'm like, I'm not, I wouldn't call myself like a necessarily an optimistic or a positive person, but I, I actually, I, I don't, I don't get angry a lot. I I don't remember the last time I, I raised my voice. Even when I was on set, I can probably count the number of times I've raised my voice on one hand. If that um, and the fact that I can tell those stories after, you know, more than a decade of a career means it does, just doesn't happen that much. I just it kind of flows off me and I don't take it personally. And and in that way, I don't really live like a stressed life or a, a pessimistic or a cynical life in that regard. But, you know, there there are some times where. You know, if you watch the news or you read something tragic or you experience a piece of art or something and you know it comes from a certain truth and tragedy and a struggle, you have empathy for that. And empathy, you know, you, either you have sympathy, you haven't experienced it before, you have some type of empathy you're trying to draw from and actually feel what they're feeling, the misery that they're feeling. And I think that makes you a more compassionate person. Hmm. So occasionally I have to kind of flit back and forth between that, I think, as an artist. um and on the other hand, I, you know, there's there's an economist named Schumpeter and he he coined the term creative destruction, which is, is pretty common and the idea of that that in economics and in entrepreneurship and business, we are trying to make new from old and that we all kind of work off the backs of um, I don't know if this was a Newton quote though, you know, uh, like standing on the backs of giants, the the mm-hmm. only way I was able to accomplish this was standing on the on the shoulders of giants, right? Um, likewise, like all of the technology and all the different things that we do is is kind of like because of all these people that came before us. And and in economics and particularly entrepreneurship, we see a gap in the market. We see a way to do it better. You know, knock down the horse and carriage. A bunch of those people become in, unemployed for a while. That's the destruction. That's the misery. But suddenly, you you can trans, traverse the entire country with a car. Mm-hmm. And suddenly, like, wealth is generated beyond imagining. And if people were to just stick with the horse and carriage bit and there was no destruction there of that in- initial paradigm, we wouldn't have been where we're at. So I do believe in, like, destruction in the sense that we need to tear down certain things that are not good for us. But not for no reason at all, I suppose. I heard a funny
0: compare like story about if the horse and
1: buggy was still like in existence. Yeah. Now, how much shit? There yeah. Would be. The, and you hear stories about like what New York was like and London, that there were people who would, you know, that there were just piles of <laughs> shit. And you think of all the methane that you'd be smell, you know, like pulling in, and how how ho- horrible that was, and how just awful. Yeah. Like life would have been. You have jobs literally like shit scoopers. Yeah. You know, so. So, uh, you know,
0: we that was a, a good progression, a proper progression. I had another question. Yeah. Um, a lot of the movies these days are either remakes of old movies yeah. or sequels. Yeah.
1: And what do you what do you think's going on there? Um, well, film is at its very best art and necessarily commercial endeavor. Meaning, it has to make money. Mm-hmm. Film is the most expensive art form that pretty much exists out there. It has uh, virtually a um, a limitless cap on how much you can spend on a movie, and you hear about this often. You know, inflation aside, this movie is spent this much, and then and it keeps on growing and growing and growing. Meaning, the amount of money that it has to pull in has to be more, and because it needs to make money, and there's a certain level of Risk exposure that investors are putting into this, and there is a lot of different risk that comes from, like, investment that comes from a lot of different schemes. It could be, could be a bank. It could be, I don't know. It could be a, like a private investor, private equity. It could be um, tax incentives, like they're doing in Georgia, where you can get forty percent off, you know, forty percent of your taxes back if you if you spend with qualified, quali- um, uh, qualified things. So, like, there is a lot of money involved. So you need to make sure that you have a successful model going into it. Art is inherently risky. So this is the, the age old commercial versus art. And often is the case, the more money you're putting in, the more risk, um, kind of protection you're trying to get. And how do we do that by going back to things that worked before superhero movies, superhero movies, the stories exi- exist already. They are a built in audience you are building it off of like a sequel or the the threequel or a series or something like that suddenly at least you can build a model after what you're going to be earning that's mm. why it's harder to make you know you know name your art house movie or name that risky sort of movie that there you know one of the, the the theater darlings was everywhere um everything everywhere all at Ooh, once right yeah, i did like that yeah 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 so <laughs> That was a movie that everybody loved it was a big risk kind of it was weird bizarre had multiverse you know elements in there and it's like really surprising that it was successful and yeah. the the money involved in that was really risky but because it was risky and it had to make money you just don't see that that often yeah and that that's kind of like the long and short of it um and studios you know they're they're we've we've seen movies now for a hundred and almost 20 years right and just like any other investment um some film companies go under off of the back of one bad movie mm-hmm. just like one bad investment yeah i want to
0: we want we want to make a movie yeah <laughs> just because it's fun for fun yeah you know but it's there's the risk and i it would have to be like funded on a a low budget. Yeah, yeah. But what was that movie that came out recently that was like funded by the people? It was about child abduction.
1: Oh yes, um, Sound of Freedom. Yeah, Sound of yeah, Freedom. Yeah, yeah. That's that's been making waves, and yeah, it's an interesting story behind that. Uh, and Angel Films or something is what it's called. I, I know somebody that that works there. Um, yeah, yeah. and definitely made a bunch of money it was good i watched it yeah
0: and we watched barbie didn't love it Uh uh-huh but it was okay it was very man-hating i don't Uh know like or whatever they just made it out to they kind of like brushed it off like Mm. they weren't making every guy look like a misogynist pig but also a idiot but also running the entire world um and i was like okay I don't really like that, but it's just a movie, so I'm gonna let it go. And yeah. I see what you're doing, so don't act like you're not doing it. But they're like, "Oh, it's just Ken," because Ken's an idiot and Barbie. And maybe I'm reading too far into it, but they clearly made all the males on in this dimension just like we, you know, we'll have like a boardroom full of males uh-huh. or some construction workers be like hey baby give oh me that yeah ass. Or, cat calling or like some are you an idiot i mean it was like all the worst stereotypes of
1: men to the, to the toxic masculinity yeah. tropes yeah yeah, yeah it was right. just like okay um,
0: but it, there were funny parts and uh-huh. good parts and it was very empowering for women and sure. I'm very supportive of all that but didn't love it but i did like the sound of freedom and Maverick wasn't that good. I've, I, we've been watching more and more movies. It was good. Maverick was good, but it wasn't like everyone was like,
1: that's so a fucking best movie ever. Yeah.
0: So, um, I don't know where we're at on time, but I know you have a few hours. So yeah, we're, we're good. We're going to keep going a little yeah. bit here. So this, the writers in Hollywood are all yeah. like striking. Where do, you, where do you fall in
1: that? All right. So I'm a member of a union, DGA, Um. And uh, and a lot of people, if they're working for a long period of time, are going to be unionized within the industry. Um, I um, look uh, bottom line is, I think it's it's been a long time coming for this this reckoning, I'll call it, Um, and the writers and, and to a certain extent, actors have been kind of hurt by the streaming model, um, in the way that they have not been awarded residuals because residuals aren't awarded in a streaming model. Mm -hmm. Um, normally what happens is that you get residuals because advertisers pay networks to advertise in between slots of, let's say, NCIS or something like that. And you've not only got the first run of it, but the third and fourth run of it. And when I decide to, let's say, develop a show, I'm gonna order an X amount of episodes, let's say 24 episodes, right? And I'm gonna know as a writer that I'm gonna be working for X amount of time. Let's say the whole year, I'm gonna be writing and I have stable work. Not only that, but the residuals are gonna cover my 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 time when I'm not. Mm-hmm. And suddenly, if the model is going to streaming and the network model is starting to die, Streaming is not awarding you residuals, a and b. They're not ordering as many episodes. You'll notice when you're watching a streaming, sh- like a, a stream show, like a Netflix show, they'll have like ten episodes, eight episodes. So you're not even writing that long. Mm-hmm. So you're not employed, employed as much. You're not getting as many residuals. And it's because of that model and that innovation that suddenly the the balance has gone the side of the the big studios, the corporations. Yeah. yeah. So now you've got this 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 reckoning that's happened where most of the unions are striking. Some have more skin in the game than others. Like I said, WGA has like a serious complaint with this. There's also this AI thing that's quite yeah. interesting yeah, um, yeah. where, you know, I know some some SAG members and I know there was some uh, studio heads that were researching uh a generative AI to create crowds of extras. So they don't have to pay extras. Yeah. And then they also don't have to pay them any residuals. Resi- residuals yeah. Right. So that's a really interesting idea. And I think that's going to happen one way or another. That's, that's the genie's out of the bottle. That's going to get to a point where only the featured extras are going to be the ones that are going to be hired. So instead of, you know, hundreds of extras and you filling a stadium it's really going to be like a hundred or 50 or 10 or whatever. They'll duplicate them across the board. They'll reuse them, put them in different costumes and maybe they'll figure out a, like an image and likeness license and you can get paid doing that. Yeah. But it cuts down on the cost for catering, um, like liability, um, insurance, all this sort of stuff. Yeah. yeah it's totally. an inevitability.
0: Yeah. I, I was talking to my photographer, Yesterday, Yeah. And he wants to license. He wants to move to, to a licensing method. Mm-hmm. Whereas before I would just pay him. He would give me the pictures. I have all the rights. Yeah. yeah. I don't have to re-license them or anything. And I'll, I've never worked with anyone where I had to. Well, I did do a pair of underwear where we licensed uh, the pattern from Mossy Oak. And I had to send him a residual. Okay. And I didn't get any benefit from using their camo they didn't like promote sheath through mossy oak mm-hmm. i was promoting mossy oak through sheath and i was paying them the whole time i was doing it and we ended up not resigning with them because like i, was, like, I can just make my own camo pattern yeah if, if it's gonna i thought my paying you was going to result in you doing something in addition to providing me this pattern but something to promote the collaboration and they didn't i was so pissed cuz the guy said that they were and it was a few years ago when we weren't as big as we are now and that money meant a lot it was like you're fucking me right now like i'm going to kill you yeah yeah um but so but uh, like in the real world for the most part like licensing or residuals is not there's no like Basis for it, you need to write another movie or something. Is mm-hmm. as w- as what I would say as a business owner. Like, I'm not just going to pay you for the job you did that one time ten years ago and keep paying you for eternity. Granted, I guess if I'm still making money from the advertising, I could see. Yeah, okay, now I'm working
1: it out in my head a little bit, but yeah, I think that's the that's the sticking point. It's like if you imagine like you know Seinfeld, for instance, yes. you know that is a goal. It's a cash cow. Oh my god, you know I love the show, yeah, but it is. It, ma- it continues to make them millions and millions, that whole, that whole squad. Yeah. Right. And they, they, I remember Seinfeld being on a talk show. He came out after he like, I think he came and voice acted in this movie. It was B movie or something. Yeah, right. I that, yeah. And he did this press tour and he's like, uh, he was asked by, he it was Jay Leno or something. Why are you coming back after all these? Years? He's like, he's like, I was old, tired, and way too wealthy. <sighs> like I didn't, I didn't need to work a day in my life again and he still doesn't but you know seinfeld continues to make a lot of people a lot of different money and um and that was you know the work they had done a while ago and if you're still making money off of it and like other people are making money off the back of it i think that that's a fair i could see that too yeah because it's not a
0: you don't have to remake the product over and over again right it's like it's made it's sealed it's done it's forever finished and we're just all let's all get some residuals off this i suppose i could i mean i could see that yeah as a sticking point but also the entire industry is changing and moving to the streaming model where commercials don't exist yeah as yeah. much and although a lot of the streaming services i subscribe to have commercials which they is,
1: do have the ad like they have the subscriber version and then the, the like normal yeah like the the, the paid they have the subscribe one and then they have like the non one where they play ads. Yeah. Like Hulu has been doing Hulu, this for years. Yeah, yeah,
0: Hulu and Peacock. I'm yeah, like, I'm that's paying right. you seven ninety nine, but I'm still getting commercials, but that's right. okay. It's I have 50 different apps that I was just, I just bought a new TV and I had to re assign into Hulu all of the and Apple yeah, right. and Netflix and ESPN and YouTube. Uh-huh. anyways, uh, well, hopefully they figured that out, but I, I could see the production companies holding out and being like...
1: It's going to take a while, I think. Yeah. I've, from people, you know, I'm not... I, I kind of work now in, in more digital media right a, as of right now, and I will be for the next you know, year and a half, but um, a lot of my buddies are just sitting on their hands right now, you know? And it, it was tough because they were doing the same thing during the pandemic. And th- this coming back-to-back it 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 hurts yeah bad like yeah. these are yeah and these aren't like the one percent the people who are on the red carpet these are just like you know E, like grip and electric these are people who hair and makeup and stuff like that and a lot of people are having to go back to like jobs that you'd normally do if you like flunk out of film school or something right like they don't have they have specialized skills that, that doesn't transfer all all the time so it's it's tough it's tough for them, yeah. And we're not going to see movies, you know, for the same thing that happened during the pandemic, where there was like a glut of mm-hmm. movies. The same, it's going to happen in the same way. Oh. Like all of our favorite shows and our sequels, there's going to be a delay. Yeah. Of of almost what is we've been like six eight months. Yeah. So, and they're not close to re- resolution.
0: Yeah, I could see it yeah. being a sticking point. Um, yeah.
1: Because it's where I'm agreeing to pay you
0: residuals forever I'm I'm uncertain about the future and I I don't want to make this agreement as an employer but I could Seinfeld and friends and all that's a totally different yeah era
1: well even residuals and royalties they have like a term Ah. you know they're not for they're not perpetuity okay so I mean like you renegotiate them yeah and um I I I don't know of any like lifetime even intellectual property has like a 75 year um, like a termination point mm-hmm. before it goes to the um, public domain. It's 20. Well, as far as inventions for p- patents. It's oh, 20. patents are different. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but yeah. like a movie, you know, like Charlie Chaplin movies, you can now just use Buster Keaton movies. And you can old use books. Old books. Exactly. Yeah. You know? Okay. Yeah.
0: That's okay. true. Um, very good. Let me see what we're doing here. Yeah. Do you need to go to the bathroom or anything? I'm good. I'm good. Right, we're, we'll do like 10 more minutes. Sure. sure. Um, cause it's been a, been a little while <laughs> okay that's fine i'm having a, i appreciate you coming on here i'm yeah. having a good time yeah it's, i like it's doing awesome. these in-person ones so i'm glad you kind of pushed for that we could have done a virtual
1: it, this is so much better i mean like as somebody who had a podcast for years it's like i i would have much rather the banter's not as good it's like there's a delay there's a lag there's no chemistry yeah
0: yeah no and i've yeah. done probably the majority of my podcasts have been virtual in the last five or so have been in person mm-hmm. and I'm like, I really like doing this better. It's it's harder for my brother to edit them, yeah. and, but I just, I we get to hang out afterwards a little bit. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, it's just more of a connection. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So I have Mr. Beast. I wrote Mr. Beast down here just because he's like constantly learning how to engage the audience. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like you're in a similar lane or something but different because he does you know what he does on youtube but it's a you're still learning the art and how to captivate an audience i don't know what do you think about him and and do you know anything about him i do yeah
1: i do and i've watched a lot of his stuff it is um it's very different than filmmaking yeah and um i remember even uh Mr. B saying something like, he finds like most movies too slow. Like he, he can't watch movies that much. And he and I on that level are just very different creatures. And mm-hmm. he he knows he's not really making art, but um, but also you know, filmmakers have to be commercial. And he, there's he's the king of YouTube. Like he knows that algorithm to a T. He's constantly, as you say, constantly learning, growing, trying to figure out. He's meticulous about the intros. You can see from beginning like of his career to where he is now how he's changed things, moved things around, changed thumbnails. Mm-hmm. Like this this dude is extremely good at what he does. Yeah. And and I don't have a lot of bad things to say about him in that regard. His his videos aren't always my cup of tea. Yeah, um, I and, don't watch them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they're and,
0: more for kids, I think, for the most part. Sometimes
1: sometimes I like sometimes they're like, "Oh wow, like I would like to see how he In fact, it's funny because untamed borders my adventure tourism company they brought mr beast out they like they did they toured him around some countries oh cool so um so this is like J- uh james the the owner he has a, a very long pedigree of bringing a lot of vips and celebrities into different countries and mr beast was one of them but um yeah he's a good example of like he is a good lodestar for learning mm-hmm. and like in figuring out what works and what doesn't but as is I think the case for everything, once you get to a, a certain point of emulation, you're only ever going to be as, as good as him and and not better yeah. if all you do is copy. Exactly. And you need to, you, nobody will know your name except for the Mr. Beast clone unless you do something differently. Yeah. So. I have very little desire to copy what he does no, and, and honestly yeah. i'm like i have no ambitions to be a youtuber or like an influencer to any degree i just i just say that i'm a storyteller and yeah you know, it's, well like the quick cuts
0: is one thing and he also gives away like a lot of money so maybe if you've made a movie where you get yeah. a million dollars yes yes
1: there is that he he does have like now that he has money he's able to give a lot more away yeah. but um i i assume it's difficult to just start out with I'm going to give away a million dollars to this person who like the last person who takes their hand off of this plane or something. Right. You know, yeah. yeah. Fixed like a thousand kids that are blind. Like give, uh, he did that recently. That was pretty cool. I've that heard. was cool. Yeah. yeah. I only heard, I didn't watch it, yeah. but it's funny that the, 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 um, you got a lot of hate for that. Yeah. You read about that? Like how they're like, you could have donated to something that did. I'm like, he helped a bunch of kids. And made a video doing it. Yeah, like that's a win-win in my book. These are the kinds of people we we're talking about: negative energy, can't find anything else but to complain about. Could have donated to a nonprofit. Yeah, then you would have paid all the bureaucracy and all this other shit and ta- Like, he did a good thing. Yeah, celebrate it.
0: Yeah, I was I was watching him, and we we're trying to we we're trying to build our YouTube page, and we've taken a couple of his pointers, but you know, you need to be authentically you. Yeah. And otherwise it's, you're just copying someone else. And yeah, we give away money. It's kind of working a little bit, but it's not that great. I, I watched Parasite. Oh yeah. Yeah. Recently. It was pretty good.
1: Yeah. I like yeah. that movie a lot. Yeah.
0: That was like, I, and I guess it wasn't really like everything everywhere all at once. Other than there was both like Asian kind of, actors and stuff yeah but it was different so in that regard it was just like a new concept that was was a good story yeah it kept me going
1: yeah i like um uh what is it um oh my gosh boon joon Sung. uh i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna kick myself after i forget i forgot the. i've i've seen a lot of his other movies i've been following his career i'm glad that he had that success and and i appreciate that like there's always a stigma around subtitles and you know foreign language films, and you know the world's a big place. There's a lot of stories.
0: Yeah. No. I I, I I like. I wish honestly, I've been wanting this invention to happen forever. Uh huh. Where, the book is on your TV. Yeah. And it's just like scrolling like the Star Wars intro, uh-huh. so that I can just like I I want to read more. But I would like
1: it to just be on like a constant scroll like that you want to see the script alongside the no a book like not even a movie just a book oh Oh. you just have the book moving along and oh okay yeah Yeah. just because you could just sit there and you're not like yeah doing this i love the tactile feeling of paper yes for me like i there's nothing i i have a like a really really big book collection i as one of the reasons why i don't have a great sense of direction is because i constantly had my nose in a book when i was a kid and I just I can't get away. I listen to audiobooks, right? The multitasker and all that, but <laughs> I like um I still like that that feeling of yeah. I'm reading three
0: books. I'm reading The Empire to the Summer Empire of the Summer Moon, which is about the Comanches. Oh yeah, which is it's really good and it's a book book. I don't I I had a Kindle, but I like the paper also. My only upgrade would be what i was just mentioning but i'm reading delivering happiness Uh by tony huish who was the founder of zappos
1: oh yes i did i read that yeah i read that way back when yeah Yeah, it's pretty good
0: i read it way back when now i'm having my whole team read it yeah along with them
1: it's funny my you know there's a a a producer i knew that like insisted i read it and he bought the book and he gave it to me Mm -hmm. yeah yeah it was good
0: but side note he died not too long ago in a fire in a shed. I
1: think I, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. So I, he- Was that over the pandemic? Was it over yeah, the pandemic? Yeah. Yeah. And Jewel, the country music singer was, uh she was like, you're doing too many drugs. And he created this company and sold it for a billion dollars and then dies in a fire in a shed, which I assumed he was probably like smoking foilies or crack or something. Yeah. Maybe not. But they, she said he was doing too many drugs. So huh. I don't know what. But he, you know, he made this huge company and built this culture and everyone's friends and working and living together and just like delivering happiness. And now he's uh, no longer with us, which was, I found out after I had my team start reading the book. Yeah.
1: Well, I, I hope it was the smoke and not the fire. The fire is a miserable way to go, man. I could imagine. Yeah. I've seen charred yeah. bodies and it was pretty
0: brutal the other book i'm reading is the um walter isaacson's um, leonardo da vinci biography oh because the previous one i read of a bill uh bill gates steve jobs yeah and uh benjamin franklin so walter isaacson writes these really amazing biographies
1: yeah 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 i i i do like reading biographies a lot. And, and Leonardo da Vinci, like, I could go back to, he's like a wellspring of inspiration. What a, what a life. Yeah. I'm only what a what few pages life. in
0: yeah. on that one.
1: Yeah. I just, I, I, I'm nearing the end of the immortality key, which is about, um, it's about this man searching for, um, the pre-Christian religions, basically the Greeks, um, psychedelic use in mystery cults, and how that wa- may have influenced early Christianity, and how the Eucharist and communion might have contained psycho- psychedelics yeah. in their original experience of communion. That would be way better. Right? You think? Um, and, <laughs> and like, there's a lot of there's a lot of really interesting evidence that shows, okay. He looked. He went back to Greece and found, you know, early wine and even beer in Persia that was made that has hallucinogenics. Ergot. Ergot. Yes. Exactly. Uh. One second. Yeah.
0: Um. Come on. You motherless goat.
1: Um. Who was this guy? Oh, oh uh, the guy. I think his name. His last name is Murnau. Um, the the this this classics. Oh, the uh, book. Oh, uh, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and now and now he's kind of tying it all together and like putting the evidence. So far, it seems a little circumstantial, but like it does seem like the Greeks were using psychedelics in this way, and he's just trying to kind of link it. And the reason why religion was so impactful at such you know in early christianity and he he contends that it was like kind of defanged uh, over the course of the last 2000 years and how particularly the church and the vatican kind of quelched the use of that mm. and and created a taboo around psychedelics particularly natural psychedelics that you find in the in the, in the earth yeah so it's it's just very interesting it's really interesting immortality immortality key i'll key. text it to you yeah, yeah
0: that sounds good yeah. i i like how The use of psychedelics is becoming more mainstream and accepted yeah because like we're living in a time of depression that's probably more extensive than it ever has been yeah because we're all like disconnected but we're all connected through our phones Mm -hmm. but we're like not really connected and then just seeing other people's lives and how great they are and you compare yourself to them and you're like i'm a loser Mm. Comparison is the joy of thief. Of the thief With of joy. Thief, yeah. <laughs> the joy of thief. Um, but you know, you're making a movie that, or not making a movie, but you're do, you're creating a journey that's you're going to document and try to find what other people's happiness happiest moments were. Yeah. And I think that's we're moving in the right direction. We're trying, you know, to deliver happiness. Mm. I'm trying to, through our company, I mean, I know it's, it's just underwear, but through every engagement every customer experience, like that book, we're trying to create, um, you know, just a, a happy experience Mm -hmm. where you're not going through hassle. And at the end of the day, you're, we just want to make your life better. And if you have to call us for some reason, there's usually a problem and so not only do we fix it but we'll like throw an extra pair on top mm-hmm. and then just try to make you happy
1: yeah 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 well listen i mean a, a, a fresh pair of underwear goes a long way man it is. i mean I, I i'll tell you what i you know i work out five to six days a week and uh, before i was wearing sheath i'm just like ah, man first off there was no separation there's chafing and all that sort of stuff and you're doing like these hit classes. I mean, you're sweating them. You know, you're sweating like fuck. But um, it it makes a world of difference. You yeah, know, you feel like the mobility and the movement and the breathability. I mean, you know all this.
0: Yeah, it is it is a good product. But yeah. then, we, but we just want to take it to that next level where we're always putting out like just positive energy, inspira- inspiring people to get in better shape for yeah. whatever reason. That seems to be a pattern with our customers like they'll buy sheath and then they want to like get more.
1: They want to look good in it. Yeah. 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 that's cool. Yeah, it is cool. That is really cool. That's like an unintended consequence that. Yeah. There's so many unintended, like there's a medical benefit for
0: people who have had vasectomies or something like it helps them. So a lot of urologists will prescribe sheath for the, the support
1: support. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, I wouldn't have guessed. That's yeah, cool. That's that, really cool.
0: That was unintended. And the people we work with, like yourself, yeah. we try to make sure they're badass motherfuckers. Uh-huh. Be- and then that way we're aligned with that type of individual um, to inspire others. To yeah, be, that's the brand, you know, right? Step yeah. it up.
1: Step it up. Yeah. You, it's really cool how you've been working with like a lot of the like the MMA line you're going. That that that's that's great. I've worked with. Recently, um, uh, Sean O'Malley um, nice. and uh, Max Holloway's got a fight coming up, yeah, wishing him zombie. luck. Yeah, 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 the Korean zombie. Um, we actually just made we just uh, made some merch for him, like a, a mouse pad. He's a big gamer, right? So we designed a, like an anime mouse pad oh, right. for him. He's a big anime Holloway. fan. Yeah, yeah, Max Holloway. Yeah. Um, and uh, dude's really cool. Um, and his, he uh, seems cool. The, yeah. blessed, the best is blessed. Best is, Yeah, his home is burning right now you um, know, he, no. He's from Hawaii. Yeah, um, but uh, that's a cool. It's a cool collab. That that MMA uh, line that makes total sense. And um, yeah, badass There's, motherfuckers. What, bad, it, yeah. what? What did you? What were you doing with Sean? So we shot. Um, <laughs> this is kind of a funny concept. We took some gamers and Sean, and then some um, uh, Dallas Cowboys, and we served them lunch and basically brought in an etiquette teacher like a southern bell etiquette teacher to teach them how to eat properly yeah and we gave them like several different course meal That's and they have to like like eat the soup properly Because they're all new money they're all new yeah they're all new money yeah. and they're all like eating shit like with their hands and stuff like that uh, can i eat this with like, can I, <laughs> and, and like they're eating the soup and you have to like spoon away from you like this and oh you, like, i oh, didn't you. know that yeah and then oh my god yeah so it like they learned all this stuff it was hilarious and so sean was one of the guests cool. and um so he was wearing a retainer and he's like so should i just like where do i put my retainer he like took it off and he put it on the table and the woman was just like that's disgusting yeah so
0: it's slobber. Yeah, just like put
1: that put that in a case or something put it in your lap yeah but he was really cool, easy to work with. I love his brand, and it seems like UFC is like really like jumping on him, like they want to make him like I don't know the next um, Conor McGregor, Conor McGregor basically. Yeah, I mean, he yeah. just won.
0: He Shout just out won to yeah. him, and we we've worked with him in the past. Yeah. We've sponsored some of his podcasts. They didn't go great. Oh, really? just because he didn't do the read, his coach did the read. Oh, yeah. he did it like reading from his phone. It was uninspired, so we're not working with him. Yeah, yeah. Ongoing. We want you to really wear the underwear, really like, actually like it. So, because it comes through when you're doing an ad read. Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, I totally, totally, yeah. You can't, it can't be just like anything else. Otherwise it's like you're doing yourself a disservice and and the product too. Yeah. Um,
0: So we try not to work with just anyone but every now and then, if they're big enough, like we tried and, you know, it didn't yeah. work out. So well, try,
1: Max is great. I don't know if he's got a Ooh. sponsor, but, you know, it'd be really cool. A, like an anime, like a Max anime, like collab. A lot of anime fans are also MMA fans because they're just like the fighting end, right? Yeah. It'd be a badass sort of, you know, If you there. can
0: never come up with any concepts for commercials, we work... F- with people remotely yeah. that have, have really done some amazing stuff for yeah. us but they'll like storyboard it out and like send clips of what the what the video is gonna look like but they'll either shoot it in a like a generic version or use stock footage but mm-hmm. to tell mm-hmm. the story and uh, we just had a team go to Greenland you might have seen where the dude like jumped
1: i saw that clip that is that was badass yeah he took a Dude, whole he had like team. two axes or something like that oh that
0: no, was that a different that one that was a different one this guy that that was a different one this can have
1: multiple people jumping off cliffs
0: with well this guy went to iceland yeah. greenland jumped off an iceberg swam to the bottom of the iceberg held it up as if he had the weight of the world on his shoulders and this is zero degree water yeah and he had a he had to take t- a team you know of underwater photographers like a couple of them uh-huh he had to learn he had to learn how to swim underwater with no gear and no nothing yeah. yeah like free, free diving, diving yeah in zero degree water and it was like and justin sheath was he just, justin sheath dude that's that's some wild shit. it was so epic and we paid a lot of money for it <laughs> and it didn't really The the problem is that it just like didn't like
1: the, the stunt off. didn't yeah yeah
0: but it was for men's mental health awareness it did make some news news coverage but we try things yeah
1: well that's look i mean you don't know until you try like this this is you know in the in the stunt marketing world sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't you can end up like spending a, a ton of money with little reward and sometimes you spend nothing and it's just like oh my god i just got millions of impressions yeah and yeah that was
0: the that was the goal i just had a vision you said stunt marketing and i was like Okay, so there's a guy jumping off a building uh-huh. in nothing but sheath. Yeah, he lands on one of those pillow. Oh yeah, blow up things, and then he's just like, oh. <laughs> well, maybe, yeah, maybe the circus die. guy. I yeah. I, th-
1: I think you even even in on a pillow you probably would die.
0: Yeah, right? but yeah. just vision I have yeah. things. So maybe an anime. Yeah, that whatever. Be cool. But you're gonna go. Where's your what for? What's the first country you're gonna hit?
1: So I'm working with my, um, with iVisa actually is one of my other sponsors. Um, Awesome company. Uh, They they service like 180 different countries out of like the 195 that exist, right? And they're helping me get into a lot of these difficult to score um, visas. Like Mm -hmm. that's really one of the biggest obstacles to get in Mm -hmm. to some of these countries. Um, They are helping me plan a little bit of the route. I have like the sixth iteration of the route already. And I've had this since like like march or something and i polish it crystallize it rework it tear it apart and finally i have one that i feel good about um so north and south korea are first up nice north then turkey then russia belarus and then counterclockwise around africa Mm. yeah
0: you're going to the uae i will be okay yeah you'll have to let me know how that goes we want to we want to break into that market yeah
1: yeah they got it. They have a, a pretty, pretty good discretionary income there. At least in, at least in Dubai. I, Dubai. Uh, everybody tells me it's like you're gonna. It's like Vegas, right? But, but even wilder. Um, to me, I like Vegas to an extent, but, um, I have a feeling I'd like Abu Dhabi better. But I yeah. think I will be going to Dubai because oh, okay. that's kind of like the biggest airport there. I thought they were the same thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For some reason. Um. Yeah. One's just a little bit more like, less commercialized i guess
0: okay. yeah yeah a the united arab emirates is more commercialized
1: well uae is the um is the country and then you've got um dubai, dubai which is the big like basically it's just like a shopping mall and then abu dhabi and That's then abu dhabi is. yeah, yeah. Okay.
0: right yeah, yeah. we used to we used to be able to go on like our little when you're at, in iraq yeah you could go on a like a two-week vacation to, and then come back and you would go to abu dhabi i think i never went Uh, my tours were like six months each time. So we didn't get the
1: most of your time was in Iraq.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Both, both tours were in Iraq. It was, it was an experience and I, (laughs) you know, I picked, I had the idea for this while I was there. Um, well, okay. So we could, I think I feel like we could go on forever. (laughs) Yeah, probably. We will, we're going to wrap it up. We got work to do.
1: Um, tell everyone where they can find you? Yeah. um, Well, Instagram is gonna be the so-called hero account where like a lot of the material's trickling down from that. I'm kind of customizing things for that. I got the biggest following there so ma service is my instagram handle um uh but uh project cosmos is what this whole thing is called project cosmos so you'll be able to search that on youtube as well as well as on TikTok, and then we'll have a website as well um uh, i think it'll be called the i think that's what we we stuck on so um love to have you follow the trip and um and i mean it's gonna be one wild ride man i i I'm going to make it back. I'm going to break the record and I'm going to have a lot of stories to tell. So, Okay. Well, thank you, Michael, for joining me. You're welcome, Bobby. Yeah, Um, thanks for having me.
0: All right. Thank you, everyone, for watching. We'll be back next time. Peace.